Welcome back in, everybody, for another edition of Storytime with Steve. On this Monday morning, wherever you may be, whatever time it may be, hope everyone had a good weekend. So I'm just going to launch right into this one. I was thinking about some stories over the weekend in my neighborhood where I live since I've been there since 2004. And when we first moved into the neighborhood, <clears throat> we immediately were approached, at least I was approached out in the front yard, my brand new neighbor, Harold. Harold walks up into the yard, introduces himself, and I was out there mowing or doing something. And I thought, well, that's nice. You know, neighbor comes and says hello. And you could tell he, you know, he wanted to ask questions about who we were, what we were, what kind of work we did. So I gave him the brief, the brief summary of all that. And then he turned around and walked off. Well, subsequent days, weeks, months, years, things only became more bizarre with the nosy neighbors, Harold and Arlene. Of course, Arlene was his wife. These folks had moved down from Illinois, also known as Illinois, just a joke. And apparently they sold out whatever they had up there, probably higher priced, you know, more taxes and all that, and came down to the great conservative state of Tennessee with low tax rates, low property taxes, nice affordable housing in a much better climate, being in the mid-Atlantic southeast area where we have a lot of mild temperatures and don't have as extreme, definitely not as extreme winters, and we have some heat in the summer, but usually not too much in the 90s, so they came down south, and they um, they definitely, at least Arlene, had an accent that you will never forget. I always said I would know that woman's voice out of a million. I would know her voice. She would call us up on the phone. Hi, Steve. Yes. Hi, this is Arlene. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm fully aware that it's you, Arlene. I, I would know your voice out of a million. And while we're... While we're talking about Arlene, um, one of the things that she did, which just got on my last nerve, was that our, at that time our pediatrician's office was the same lobby area that the primary care offices were that they would go to for their doctor. And so we ran into him a couple of times, said hello, we were nice. She starts calling me on the phone. Hi, Steve. Yes. This is Arlene. Yes. Ah, uh, I just wanted to know if everybody over there was okay. Yes. Ah, uh, because I saw you at the doctor. Yes. And your point is? So she's asking if everybody's okay because we were at the doctor. Now, those of you that have children, especially young children that are hours old, weeks old, months old, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that it seems like you're going to the doctor every single day in the beginning, and then it kind of slacks off to a couple times a week, and then maybe once a month, and then it, it kind of goes down, tapers off from there. And so I wasn't going to get into any kind of a medical discussion with this woman, but I just said, everybody's fine. But then she pressed on. Well, uh, are you sure? Yes. I'm sure. Uh, 
Because I, yes, yes, I know you saw us at the doctor. Everybody has doctor's appointments. That's what I told her. And then she just kept on. And then there was sort of a strange pause and hesitation. Um, and I said, yes, you know, we're all fine. And then when she paused, she said, we're not nosy people. And I said, well, it sure sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't like that too much. After I said that, I think she was about to hang up. But then she said something about, well, I like to know if everybody's okay so I can pray for the people. You know, and that really gets on my last nerve. Listen, I'm a person of faith as well, okay? I know what I believe, and I firmly have faith in that. But I don't need a nosy neighbor putting the excuse of being nosy on their faith and saying it's because they want to pray for the person. That's really a pet peeve of mine. That's just very annoying. So after she said that, we just basically said goodbye and hung up. So Now that's just one story. Some other things that came up later were a lot worse than that. Some of the more minor offenses were things like Harold always coming over and telling me what to do in my yard. Well, I wouldn't cut it right now because if you cut it right now, it might kill the grass. Well, thank you. I'd keep it under advisement. I really appreciate it. Other times he'd come over and say, you know, this tree right here is dead. You probably need to cut that tree down. Okay, thank you very much. I'll take it under advisement. Let's see what else. Um, I was trimming the grass that was on the sidewalk. He came over made a comment about it. I mean, there's just all kinds of things. Another thing he would do that we really loved was when we would have friends and family come by, they would literally memorize the cars that would come and go, what color they were, what make they were. And this is not a joke. I mean, they, they actually did this. They would sit in their living room and watch everybody. They actually had the nerve to ask me one time, who was the man with the red truck? Okay? Who is the man with the red truck? I was thinking, I cannot believe these people. Well, since you asked, that is my father-in-law. So what's your point? Well, well, we just we, we just wondered. Well, is there anybody else that you want to know about? So then, like, when, when we'd have people stop by and they watched us leave, they would. Harold was known to get out in front of the car and stop the person and say, oh, they're not home right now. They're not here. Well, thank you so much for telling us, and thank you for watching our every move. And so this is the kind of thing that was going on for years. Well, when things got a lot worse... We started having a septic problem with our septic system at the house. Not being on city sewer, we're in the county. And I won't go into all the um, nasty details of a septic system and how it works, but I can tell you this, I learned a whole heck of a lot. So when you flush water from your toilet, your washing machine, your dishwasher, and it has just a massive amount of outflow of water. You know, we don't think about how many hundreds and then thousands of gallons of water that are wasted and or used that if you're in a city sewer system, well, that water just goes away and you don't have to worry about it. If you're on a septic system, it essentially stays right there on your property. Now, the septic tank is only a temporary holding cell, essentially. The majority of the water goes right through the tank and goes out another line that goes into your yard 
in these underground lines that they some people call field lines or septic lines or things like that. So when you have somebody come over and check your system, they have this long metal rod. They essentially just jam it down into the depths of your yard and then raise it up and see if the tip of it is wet to see where the water is and how saturated the lines are. Well, if your lines are full of water everywhere um, and the water has no place to go, that's when you have a serious problem. Because let me tell you, if you get somebody to uh, pump out your septic tank, which apparently now is well over $200. When I was having this work done, I think the best deal I had was maybe $165, $175 to pump, get it pumped out. So this man comes up with his truck and he takes this large vacuum hose. He puts it down in your nasty septic tank. Well, first of all, you have to dig it out and dig out the dirt to get to it. And then he sucks out all those, I think it's a 1,500-gallon tank of standard, gets all that out of there. Well, the man told me that, guess what, it only takes about a week to fill those tanks up. So if your field lines cannot absorb the water out into the, your yard, the water has nowhere to go and you have a serious problem. Well, that's where we were with this. The water then overflows out of the septic tank and it is a very smelly, nasty mess. And in our case, which some people said they don't know why they designed it this way, maybe they had a reason, uh, they put the tank right next to our house. So then when you have a problem, the water, guess where it goes? It seeps right onto the side of your house, stinks the whole house up, and it's, it's really bad. So this was a problem that had to be addressed, had to be fixed. And we had this, this guy that had a company, came over a couple times surveying the property, looking at it, trying to figure out the best way to fix it. He got the city involved, which is the only way to go to get it officially checked out and inspected and to see what the right course of action is going to be. So they came out and they decided that <clears throat> they figured the best way to fix this was to um, put a new set of field lines or septic lines in the front yard and since I had them, the other system was in the backyard with the lines, they put a valve off of the side of the septic tank with the, where the new lines were to go. And then now I have this long metal rod that's like a wrench that you just put down in the PVC pipe and you turn it from backyard to front yard, front yard to backyard, and then the other side gets, gets a break and has time to dry out. So it makes, it makes perfect sense. But when we were getting ready to get that job done, old Harold was over there just nosying around, asking a bunch of questions, pestering me, pestering the workers. And I warned them off. I said, listen, this guy has been a problem. He's he's always tried to tell me what to do over here. And so they kind of had a heads up on it. Well, the day they came to do the job, they pulled up with their trucks and trailers and they were unloading the new material off the truck, like the new lines and all this kind of th stuff. And they had like the backhoe and they had the little uh, bobcat to push the dirt around there. It was like a five-person crew. Big job. Well, here comes old Harold. And I didn't go outside. I was going to just stay out of it. Comes over, speaks to him for a minute, and then turns around and walks off. Well, come to find out later, the guys told me when they had a break later, that um, Harold had come over and said, you're not going to put lines in that front yard, are you? And the man just looked at him and said, the best thing for you to do is get on the other side of the street. <laughs> and I loved it when he told me that. So 
So then they proceeded to do, to do the job. They started after like half a day on that whatever day it was. They had come from another job, worked the whole rest of the day, and then came back the next day to finish it. And then they fixed it. Well, the guy told me when they were done, he said, did you know that your neighbor actually called the city and called the health department and tried to get the job shut down? I said, no, I did not know that. So, yeah, that made me really happy. And I just shook my head. I thought, wow, thanks a lot, Harold. Yeah, really good neighbor. So let's fast forward. Several months later, maybe a year, I don't know, but I had I had this motorcycle that was basically a dirt bike that I would ride around the neighborhood and surrounding areas and then in my front yard and backyard. Well, there's an empty lot sits right next to my house. Essentially, it looks like just a big, typical Tennessee clay red dirt lot with a nice little hill. And I do remember when we first moved in, Harold and then our other neighbor, which is named Robert. Now, he's a great neighbor. He's a great man. They were doing some work over there, getting rid of some different trees, little things that had grown up and were trying to sow grass on it because they got tired of the way it looked. You know, when you look out Harold's uh, living room, you know, that's what he would see, which I don't blame him. But it didn't work out. I mean, it ended up just kind of washing out. Well, I used to ride my motorcycle up and down that hill. And, I mean, I wasn't throwing big rooster tails, meaning, meaning spinning the, the back wheel out and, and digging deeper trenches in the dirt. I would just simply ride it up the hill just to give me somewhere to go. Well, one day I'm riding, and he's standing at the bottom of that hill staring at me. So I decided to go the other way and not go down the hill. And then I got to thinking about it, and I was thinking, I wonder what he wants. But I already knew. It just took him a lot longer than I thought it would. So I proceeded to ride the bike over there instead of walking over there because I wanted to be a good teenager about this. I pulled up. He was doing some work in the front yard. Cut the motor off. I said, did you need something? And I, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was ready for it. He walks up, doesn't even hesitate, and says, yeah, you need to st points to that hill and goes, you need to stop riding over there. And I immediately interjected with, are you the landowner? Because I knew he wasn't. He goes, no, but Robert and I sewed the hell out of that SOB. And I was like, well, you see how that worked out for you? And motioned to the, the dirt hill. It obviously didn't matter, and it wasn't his property. So he had no right to tell me what to do. So that's when I just cut right to the chase. I said, you know what? You need to stop telling me what to do. And I've waited a long time to say that. I knew when I got this motorcycle, you were eventually kind of trying to tell me what to do about where I would ride. And let me tell you something else. I know all about you going to the city and the health department trying to get us shut down on the job that we had to get fixed, and I do not appreciate it. So you just need to mind your own business. I think that's the way I left it. And he just turned around and walked off. So like, huh, there you go. And then fired up my motorcycle and rode back home. And I felt like, well, I showed him. So that's as bad as it got. I mean, as far as the nosiness and that, then he just kind of stayed to himself, didn't bother me. We would wave at him, we would drive by, things like that. And he actually ended up making these little wooden cars and stuff for my kids when they were getting <clears throat> older. And I think he was trying in his own way to try to be better about things. But, um, but later on, he got the flu and he passed away. And then his wife sold the house and moved off. So that was the end of that. And um, so there you have it. Harold Narlene, the nosy neighbor narrative. Till next time on Storytime with Steve.
2023 SC Racing Production.